Ladies and gentlemen, today on Guilty Movie Pleasures, we're not going to look at who's talking now or look who's talking to. No, we're simply going to focus on look who's talking. Oh, come on. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, <laughs> featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasures. Shake, wait, dance. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your cares behind. I want to do both. You I can wanna, shake. I want to dance and leave weight. my cares You can behind. shake weight. I was doing the shake weight dance instead of the safety Can dance. you imagine if we were dancing and we actually had shake weights, how fit our arms would be? You know be? what? If shake weight wants to uh, prom- uh, promote our show. Yeah, potential if, if, sponsorship. If you want to sponsor our show, that's what I was looking for. Hey, everyone out there, at shake weight, please. At shake weight, sponsoring Guilty Movie Pleasures. Today we are talking... The in 1989 comedy classic. Sorry, I couldn't say it with a straight face. Look who's talking. Do you remember when Kirstie Alley was a sex symbol? Because this movie does. Do you remember when John Travolta was a good, charming, adorable actor and could play a leading man and not just weird, kooky, lunatic characters with strange facial hair and bad toupees? This movie can. Do you remember when Bruce Willis was an adorable baby? This movie does. Oh man. Do you oh, remember? Man. Uh, movies where we used to have animation sperm sequences. Do you remember? Good times. Do you remember movies where <laughs> the baby in the womb looks like a garbage pail kid? This movie does. Yeah. That's all I kept. Th- when Renee and I watched this last night, uh, in-, in between checking in on the polls and hating our lives, uh, but we'll get into that later. Uh, no, but we were watching this last night, and the creepiest thing was the baby in the womb looked scary as hell it looked like a like quato from total recall Mm. it it looked weird it freaked me out i appreciated that it wasn't cgi and that it was um practical and animatronics but it freaked me the hell out it was they could have done better we can say that they could have done better i i will say um i saw this movie a long long time ago Um, i haven't seen it since i was a kid yeah and the only Probably the only thing that I remembered about it was the sperm swimming sequence. I remembered the sperm swimming. I remembered the big boob joke. Okay. And I remembered uh, him running through traffic at the end. Uh, yeah, that came back to me as I was watching uh, it. But yeah. before I started... I know, I oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that came back. Everything came back to me as I was watching it. But I distinctly remember, even as a kid, being like, that had to be so dangerous to have a child running through even stunt drivers. Well, yeah. And also, like... And again, we'll get into this way later. Yes. But, like... The, the kid got into the car that was being towed, didn't close the door, and the tow driver is just like, off we go. Yeah. We'll it's just like that. an open door uh, car. We'll get into being how this. Towed around this midtown movie, traffic. There were a lot of movies around this time that were. Could. If you just took the comedy out of it, mm-hmm. could have just been commentaries on neglectful parenting. Yeah. Home Alone. Yep. Home Alone 2. Yep. Look Who's Talking. Look Who's uh, Talking 2. Look Who's Talking 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list goes on and on. Pro- probably Problem Child. I problem Child, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it's all. Blank check. <laughs> What's that? Blank check. Blank check. Blank check. Super neglectful oh, parenting. Boy. And then Richie here, just Rich. take a check. Richie, everything. And there's so many movies back in the in the early in, in the mid to late '80s that were all like just shitty parents mm-hmm. and their kids getting into either trouble or dangerous situ- adventures in babysitting. Mm-hmm. That's not really neglectful parents. That's more of a a shitty friend Brenda who gets stuck in situations that then you have to go get her out of. So and I haven't seen that, but I'm imagining that they, you go, seen on, adventures in they babysitting? go on adventures. You've never seen Adventures in Babysitting? No. Holy shit. It sounds like a tutorial. It's a fantastic... Elizabeth Shue is in it. 
It's so good. You'll love it. All right. You'll love it. All right. They have it's, a guy that looks like Thor. You got to do it. You got to do it. So we're going to get into look, who, look Who's Talking right now. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and uh, let's. So w- my perspective on it now as an adult, as a kid, I remember thinking it was really funny. And I remembered it being more about the baby talking and that having more of an impact on the story. Totally. And as an adult watching it, I'm just like, that's just kind of a shitty gimmick they'd use to pull you into a not very interesting romantic comedy. Right, yeah. Because romantic comedies are a hard sell for me unless they're, like, really fucking good. And, like, by... And people may disagree with me, but my standards for really good would be something like Love Actually. Sure. Which makes me ball my eyes out every time. And even though it has those moments of completely ridiculous, hopeless romanticism in the end, it's beautiful. It's really well done. Uh, I loved, uh, I think Just Friends is really funny uh, that's with great. Ryan Reynolds. That's fantastic. I think uh, High Fidelity is a fantastic romantic, but that's more of a, that's a little bit. A little bit, yeah. That's a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross Point Blank is a romantic comedy. Sure. Fantastic. Sure. Uh, wedding, The Wedding Singer is one of the best ever. Mm. I fucking love mm-hmm. The Wedding Singer. Um, how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Go to, yes. And wait, no, wait, no, I was thinking of 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, oh, that's a great one. <laughs> thought, that's that's a great why I immediately went, yes, wait, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. The romantic You tricked me. With the digit 10 in it. It's a everything. classic but, rom-com So that's why trope. this one, this one to me just feels like a shitty, underdeveloped uh, romantic comedy with funny parental moments. And the reason we chose this, you suggested it because yeah. my wife's going to have a baby and, well, she's due in seven days. So it could happen any it could, hap- it could be in happening fact, now. I should take my airplane mode off just in case it happens now. Uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. deal with yep. the buzzes, people. Deal um, with the buzzes. So this is. Uh, so how did how did you feel being uh, an <laughs> imminent father? It's funny because some of the stuff I found humorous, like, uh, and we'll get into the specifics of things, but um, some of the jokes about pregnancy. And then some of it was just super unrealistic where we're like, that's not what happens. Yeah. You know, we were calling it out like like when I used to watch ER with my mom back in the day and my mom's a nurse and we'd watch ER and she'd be like, this is ridiculous. They would never do this. Mm. Like George Clooney's character is not performing the surgery correctly. And now that's, he's, this he's is, far too beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Far too beautiful. <laughs> I've never seen a doctor that pretty before. Uh, but no. So, uh, yeah, it, it definitely... Um, it had fun moments, but for the most part, I, it, it's a very forgettable, ridiculous movie. Yeah, it is. It and is. I wanted it to be more about showing through the kid's perspective, because that, to me, is what I remembered, is that the movie is from the kid's point of view, like, this, and it just kind of haphazardly thrown in there. Isn't that amazing, like, how we remember things and, like, our perception changing as we get old? Because yeah. I thought the same thing. I, I remembered, um, well, I like I said, I remembered the sperm swimming. But I also had just a general memory mm-hmm. of it being about the kid and the kid talking and like how that was something I hadn't seen before. Um, and just, yeah, it being about the kid. And it wasn't at all. No. The kid didn't come out until probably 20 25 to 30 minutes, minutes yeah. into the movie. Um, and then when he did, it was like... It's only- just like layup jokes. It's like it's like Big Bang Theory, yeah. two, two and, and a half men layup jokes. It also seemed like a lot of the baby voiceover was was done after they filmed it. Where they just had video footage and they were like, "Okay, say something." Yeah, it over definitely, this baby. it definitely felt like that. Where it's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna set this down right here," okay. and, and now the video's off. And all right, Bruce, just improv whatever you want this time around. Yeah, and it it, it just seemed so directionless and just like random. Yeah. All right, so now we we will also talk about the stuff we did like about the movie. But before that, let's get into the plot in under three minutes, let's do it. which is pretty easy. So I think they did the plot in under. I three think they minutes, did too. Actually. 
I think they did too. So are you ready in the booth, Zach? Oh, yeah, we're ready to go. All right, in three, two, one. So we start off with uh, you find out that she's dating a married man, mm-hmm. and, and she's in love with him, and blah, 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 and he seduces her. And then we have this hilarious sperm-swimming montage where then it lands in the egg, and Bruce Willis is really orgasmically excited, and it becomes an electric storm. And then a baby's <laughs> born, and then she's like, well, we were going to raise it together, and you think maybe they're going to. And then she happens upon a store where he's making out with his interior designer in the dressing room, and he's like, ah, I just, I'm in my selfish stage. What a dick. What an asshole. So she, um, she goes through the pregnancy and like, she decides she wants to explain to all her friends and to her mom that, uh, she, she didn't become pregnant. She was artificially inseminated because <laughs> she's already 33 and her biological clock is ticking and it's time for a baby. Because in the eighties, that was a thing. It that's a, a thing. real thing. Yeah. And that's something your doctor would impress upon you. Hey, your biological clock is it's ticking. ticking. Like Have this, clock. this baby. Um, okay. And so she, uh, she, she gets upset after she sees him kissing, uh, the and other she girl, goes into and labor. she gets into a cab, and she goes into labor. Yeah, she goes into labor. She gets into a cab, and John Travolta's driving the, cra- the cab, and he drives and he, like a he, fucking maniac. He drives to the like hospital. the player, like when you're playing Crazy Taxi, that video game back in the day. Like there are no repercussions. No repercussions. Absolutely. Not that she's gonna. Yeah, this, she's not even wearing a seatbelt. It is super dangerous. Oh, just the worst. They get to the hospital. She has the baby. He's he's thrown in there like he's the dad, and he just goes along with it. Yeah. And then she has the baby, and then we get the first voiceover. Of Bruce Willis like, Ah, put me back in. Put me back in and you're like yeah this is where the movie's gonna get great and then it doesn't Uh, nope um so he shows back up at her apartment with her purse because she left her purse in Mm -hmm. the cab he brings subs she doesn't want subs he like tries to make a little charming pass uh everything's whatever um so then she goes on about her life she then sees him again in her lobby trying to steal mail from her mailbox She's like, what's this all about and he's like oh they keep sending you bad mail put it up here i'm picking up a client and then she realized that he's been sending mail to her apartment and you find out that it's because he needed residency to get his grandpa into a Old, old folks home and so then they make a deal really, really loose plot point where they make a deal where he's going to be the babysitter so she can he can still get the mail illegally sent to her place so they make this deal the rest of the movie is basically she back and forth between her going dates. on shitty dates with really not funny jerks and weird flash forwards to these strange imaginated, imaginative futures and then uh, him bonding with the baby where clearly she should just go out with him but she she can't she's never going to fall for somebody just because they're handsome and she loves him okay it makes no sense <laughs> And then, uh, okay, and uh, a little oh, bit more. And, and so then uh, they, they have a falling out because he, uh, he like, sabotages one of her dates. And then, like, the, da- the dad comes and he gets in a fight with the dad. Yeah. And so they have a falling out. Then the grandfather is getting kicked out of the old person's home. So she goes, she goes and saves him. Okay. And then the baby escapes the old person home, gets in a car. The car gets towed away. Where's the baby? Oh, no. They, they, they show up. To... They're like, oh, my God, where is it? The baby. The baby's in the middle of Times Square walking in between all these cabs. And we're, we're back where we started where he's racing along with his cab. They find the baby. They get him. They hug. Oh, there's a, like a 17 car pile up, and then they and kiss. Then Chris and he's like, should I tell him? Should I tell him I have a poopy diaper? Nah, wait. New baby's born. New baby's born. Ah, yes. Wow, we uh, we actually had breathing room there. Yeah. We just we just stretched it out as much yeah. as we could. Boy, that was that was a relaxing plot in under three minutes. <laughs> let me tell you, we really got into some so, nitty gritty details. Here's there. the thing: it mm-hmm. does have its '80s charm. Still, this movie is charming. It's just not. It doesn't age well. That's all. Yeah. For the time when I saw, and I remember my parents loving this movie. I remember seeing "Look Who's Talking" too and thinking it was funny. I'll never revisit it now. And uh, <laughs> look who's talking now. I don't remember. I know there was dogs talking. Dog, the I dogs talk. Barely yeah. remember that. Um, Which, but, by the way, you get dogs first. Yeah, yeah. That's the order of things. You get is, dogs. Is that the prequel? It should have been. Look it should have been. Look who was ta- who, look who was talking then. Yeah. <laughs> look who used to be talking. <laughs> so, so let, let's first get into this sperm montage. Yeah. Because uh, it's. 
Is that animated or is it like I? When I was a kid, I was convinced it was real, like microscopic footage. Yeah, like a camera was in there because it looks really good for the time. Yep, no longer. I don't know. It, it, it what? It, it must be. It it looked like it has to be. It looked like, like puppetry. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It looked like a cross between between like but actual I, drawn animation yeah. and like what South Park does with yeah, the, yeah, with the okay. paper cutouts. You know, it's funny, when I was a kid, my parents covered my eyes during this section when I first saw it the first few times. So I didn't know what was happening. I just heard the Beach Boys song huh. and giggling. They covered my eyes as if somehow seeing sperm impregnate an egg would make me corrupted. I mean, it's sexually explicit. It's super sexually explicit, nothing, I mean, nothing gets you an R rating quicker than showing animated sperm. Even though this is PG-13. Um, I mean, Can mistakes we pl- were made. In fact, uh, let's play the, the number one clip, which is where... The Bruce Willis sperm is the one who swims ahead of all the others while this Beach Boy song is playing. And uh, his reaction is orgasmic, to say the least. Can we play clip number one? There's something unsettling about that. <laughs> There's something unsettling about that clip. Yeah. It's... Uh... It's like we're rewinding to teenage Bruce Willis masturbating for the first time in a sock. It's. I wonder what. I go back to this a lot of times when we when we talk about some of these clips. But I wonder what his direction was. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, hey, just um. So at keep this it point, like comedically sexual. At this point, you're a sperm. Mm-hmm. So really, like, get into that. Yeah. But this is the moment where the sperm enters the egg, and you're and like, like, it's like euphoric. But excited, but comedic. And like, but is it though? I just want to pose that question. Can we is play that... it again? Is it? I don't know. Oh, 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 man, oh, oh, man, and then I guess he it just. It makes me feel icky every time I hear I, it. I guess, he, <laughs> I guess he just gets into an echo chamber. I think that's what that is. <laughs> when he is. gets in the egg, it's an echo chamber. Yeah. And then the. <laughs> then. Uh, when electricity starts shooting through the egg, like, I'm like, I don't, mm, I don't think when a, a sperm impregnates an egg, it's like the beginning of an X-Men title sequence. So look, I know that you're about to be a dad, so you've experienced yeah. conception, but like, yeah. have you ever seen it happen? You know what I haven't. So you so, don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe fact check this. And is there a, an electrical storm in the egg? I, when bet, it, I bet it's on Google. It's uh, you can, it's on Wikipedia. Guys. Probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Kirstie Alley, I don't know if you knew this, her character in this was the first ever contender for I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Because she, <laughs> she, the show was based on her character in this movie because she's eating weird cravings. She's barfing all the time. Yep. She's eating nonstop. She's crampy. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And then they're like, what if you're pregnant? And then she does the pregnancy test from the eighties where it's like, it looks like what we used to use as kids when we would test the rainwater for acid rain. Yeah. It was like, and if you, I don't know what it was, but it was like, if you put certain drops into your urine, it changed a different color, and that's how I you guess. found out you were pregnant? I couldn't tell, like... I didn't know you needed a beaker set. How she got the urine into the beaker? I needed a, a whole scene yeah. of explanation is, for that. Is there a deleted scene for that? There because has to have been. That is a narrow margin of error. Because it was either the urine was in the beaker, or the urine was in the dropper. And I didn't know how she got it I in either it's, one. It's too confusing for me. Or maybe they were just two unrelated liquids. <laughs> maybe they didn't come from her at all. It was just maybe, saliva. Yeah, she just was, had to spit a lot into the thing. So, so then... 
Uh, She's like, I have baby juice handy, so let me try that. There is an overwhelming theme in this movie about the female's clock ticking, which I think is still prevalent in modern times, but I feel like in the 80s it was more accelerated. I feel like now we live in a time, especially in cities like Los Angeles and New York and and the bigger cities around the country where... um, Rio de Janeiro? Yeah, not that that women aren't career-focused in other... States, mm-hmm. but it seems like where uh, where women are as where women are as or close to as con- uh, career driven as men in in their in their relationship, they wait to have have to be sure. pregnant. Like m- my wife is thirty one, I'm thirty five almost, and um, and but people, there is still that thing of like your clock's ticking, like the magic number of thirty five. If you don't, and yes, there are risks, but I know tons of people who have had babies into their forties. And they're fine. Yeah. And I think that, but at this time, like in the 80s specifically, if you were in your th- early 30s and single, specifically dating and in love with a married man, you were a pariah. Yeah. I you think, were not accepted in this in this society. And, you know? and forgive me, like this, you have two guys right now talking about the pressures that are put on women. But And I, in fact, I wanted Renee to, to come, my wife, to be on the show today, but she's just kind of exhausted from everything yesterday and, and just lame. exhausted from pregnancy and stuff. Lame. So. She's she's gonna pop in seven days. So she's just. I mean, how great would it be if she popped live? <laughs> that would be am- that would be amazing. This- Guys, we have to cancel the show. We're halfway through, but my wife's water just broke. See you next year. No, this that would become a guilty movie pleasure. Oh my god, we would have to then revisit uh, this show. If her water so breaks meta. while I'm gone, and could have happened here, I'm gonna be so. It's pissed. gonna be upsetting. But uh, what, what I was gonna say is, there's just more like overt pressure. Yeah. Um. Like now, it it. I, from what I now understand, it's, it's a little bit more implied pressure. Yeah. Um, but the pressure, like like I said, the doctor multiple times oh, yeah. was like, she, your biological clock is ticking. And nightmare. then she had the nightmare. The about, Harold Lloyd nightmare yeah. where she's hanging from a ticking clock and yeah. falls. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I think that it was, I, I agree, it was more overt back then. And and maybe in other parts of the country it is. But I know, I know when Renee and I were starting to think about trying... Um, People were kind of like, "Oh, good, good," because you know your clock is. T- they they hadn't really said it before. They waited till you brought it up. Yeah, like once bit. we were like, "Oh, we're gonna start trying." They're like, "Oh, good, good," because like you know that clock it's ticking, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah, okay. Yeah, well, you know, worry about yourself. Worry about yourself, you yeah. fuckers. Anyways, <laughs> so, um, so uh, I talked about how um, you should have just told them you were afraid of the electrical storm that yeah, was going to happen in storm. her belly. Hmm? And then there's the fun montage of them trying to build uh, the baby stuff, and I can attest to uh, having gone through this already. Um, Building the baby equipment, the excuse me, the crib, the dresser. I, I did it in stages, and it was still maddening because it's like it wasn't IKEA, but it was like IKEA directions, where it's just like mm. pictures pointing at fucking things that some of them have stickers that label what one it is, and some don't. Some screws are like a like barely to the naked eye different in size, so you're yeah. like, is this there? You always end up missing something and being like. Ah shit! Is that one screw I don't have? The difference between life and death, like and, what? But also, it, that was like back in step one, and now yeah. you're on step four, and you're like, wait, did oh, I, yeah. I need I, to undo all of this. I had this to take apart like, uh, yeah. the dresser three different times in three different parts of it, and I, I swear, I become a monster when I'm putting. I'm like, ah! so I've learned something, and I pitched this to my parents, and they thought this was brilliant because I realized. Uh, because my mom made the joke about like, oh, welcome to every Christmas morning. Because my dad, I remember specifically as a kid, would hate putting together my G.I. Joe bases and things like that on <laughs> Christmas morning. Especially when we get down to like building it and then he'd have to put the stickers on and it's yeah. like, yeah, fuck. So what I realized is 
I'm going to build anything my daughter wants before Christmas morning. Smart. Give her the box and then be like, and look, Santa also put it together for you. <laughs> Christmas morning saved. Yeah, or just tell her, like, if you want to be successful in life, you'll learn how to build things. <laughs> you can build so this yourself. why don't you figure this out? Three-year-old. Yeah. So It's good to put those pressures on them early, just so. One of my other they're used to it. favorite sound clips is the uh, when they find out it's a boy. Mm-hmm. And um, Bruce, Willis, yeah. Bruce Willis's discovery of his penis. Can we do clip number two? Another frightening yet hilarious clip. Oh, uh, look at that. Another little arm coming in down there. What's it doing way down there? Now, how am I going to get that in my mouth? Oh, no. boy. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, I, I see what they're doing there. Nothing like a fetus making a self-blowjob. <laughs> Nothing like that. I know. I know. Standing where Standing applause. Whew, I know where they're going with that joke, but. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little known fact. This was no. actually, uh, I saw this in the features. This was actually Bruce Willis as a fetus describing the his introduction to his own penis oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah, he that's, knew it he knew that's found well, footage how am i gonna get that in my mouth <laughs> great great question i you know actually uh non-penis related um well, when then, i was a, well then i don't want to hear when it. i was a kid and i used to go to the candy stores uh-huh. um those giant jawbreakers that were like fucking huge and and I eventually would take a hammer to it to break it apart mm-hmm. because when you're first looking at it, and even as an adult with an adult-sized mouth, I'm still thinking, uh, "How am I going to get that in my mouth?" It's impossible. It's impossible. Burgers sometimes when I'm at the bar, I, and I get that big-ass juicy burger from the counter, I'm just like, uh, "How am I going to get that in my mouth?" Yeah, it's yeah. impossible. Uh, one time I got uh, in a fist fight and one of my teeth got knocked out, um, and so I was a little bit delirious. And a little bit, like, mm-hmm. just shaken. Mm-hmm. And I looked down at the ground, and I saw one of my teeth, and I was like, that's... Well, how am I going to get that in my mouth? Yeah, I didn't know how to get it back. How are you going to get that back? <laughs> how are you going to get that back? Yeah. You can't get that it's back. It's nearly impossible. How am I going to get that back you in my medical mouth? assistance. Uh, there is something that is very accurate, which is when uh, Christy Alley has to pee every at every store and every... like. Yeah. Renee will go to her parents, which is a 10-minute car ride, and she'll be like, ooh, I think I have to pee again, yeah. which is good because I have a hummingbird bladder. I was going to say, I might be pregnant because yeah, I, I pee all the time. <laughs> I have a hummingbird bladder, and there are some times where if I have a cup of coffee and I go to a 90-minute movie, I still go pee like two or three times because the, the coffee just triggers it, and I'm like, Gah! I legitimately... And now it's like we're tied. Can I just tell you something? And I'm going to bear my soul right here bear in front it. of the entire Guilty Movie Pleasure audience. Bear it. I, when I know that I'm going to go see a movie later that day i time out my peas or i, 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 I like time, schedule them. i time out what i'm drinking i what, make oh, sure, that, sure I what don't, I'm drinking. that i don't chug certain and uh water and stuff like that mm-hmm. then and i go into a theater dehydrated yep but i bring water with me and then i can sip on it while i'm there yeah because wh- my body works where it's like i don't go for half the day and then as soon as i sit down in a movie it's like hey bro remember all that stuff you drank bro it's time here you go bro it's time Fuck. Yeah. Although when I saw Train to Busan today, not at all, man. That movie had me gripped to my seat. Shout out. If you didn't see that, Train to Busan, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's a Korean zombie flick. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it's great. But it sounds like if you didn't see it, you're not alone in not seeing it. Because you said you were the only, I was the only, only one, one in, the one in theater. that theater. Yeah, okay, great. so populate those theaters, folks. We saw Storks yesterday, and Renee and I were the only ones. Yeah. I love being the only people in the theater. It's Anyways, I'm getting off the topic here. So then um, we talked about Travolta driving like a maniac and having no regard for her safety. Yeah, he. we only see him driving, I think, twice. <laughs> And both times, both times he just cuts across 
all the lanes. Um, Super reckless. Just creates a bunch of accidents. Driving on sidewalks. Pretty sure there's a warrant out for his arrest after the first time. There and has his to be. taxi cab license would have been taken away. I also want to, so this is not super important, but like I want to visit the fact that he's driving a taxi as a side job. Mm-hmm. And everything I've heard from anyone who knows anything about driving a taxi is it's super expensive to get a taxi medallion. And like once you get it, like that's your job and you <laughs> do that for a living. Yeah, it's not like Uber drivers where you no. can do it like, where you can just be hey, relaxing. No, I'll but Uber he, when I he want. just like casually drives the taxi around. And so good for him. When she goes into the pregnancy, when she goes into labor, uh, the possessed voice is something I'm afraid of on the day my wife goes into labor. Can we play clip number three, please? Slow down your breathing. You're not in an aerobics class. Fuck my breathing. Fuck my breathing. (laughs) I love how, like, this is an absurdist comedy, but that takes it to, oh, I got an eyelash in my eye. It just, like, dive-bombed me. That takes it to a new, fuck my breathing, fuck my eyelash. Do you need me to take over for a second? Take over for a second. All right, so that takes it to a new level, I think, is what you were going to say. But there's this weird, like, sporadically throughout the movie, like, perspective changes. So you'll get, like, a couple of Kirstie Alley flash-forwards. We we talked about the dream sequence that she had. Yeah. um, But just where she starts imagining how things will go if they continue along this path. And then just that moment where she starts speaking like uh, she needs an exorcism. Yeah. Um, Let Jesus fuck me. She know, also like, like that was enough. So the that's bio- from Exorcist. And I did, didn't just pull that out of my ass in case you didn't know. In case you were super confused. Check about yourselves. That. Check yourselves before you wreck yourselves. Um, but so there, there was. Um, so we talked about the biological clock, but then there was the other like Lamaze class. Yeah. Uh, runner oh, yeah. that they brought back like four or five times where it's just like hey did you go to Lamaze class no I quit Lamaze cl- class it was just breathing oh but you gotta learn how to breathe no fuck Lamaze class and which then, by the way Lamaze is almost completely phased out it's more just like deep yoga breaths now it's not oh well Percy <laughs> Alley was ahead of her time she's ahead of her time yeah so then we get into the birth reaction where Bruce Willis is born can we play clip number four? Oh, oh. <laughs> I have no doubt that if my daughter had been born yesterday, given the election <laughs> results, given the election results, her reaction upon seeing Trump for president on the screen would have been this. Oh, oh. <laughs> I made the joke to some of my extended family. I was like, if that happens, she's just going to crawl back up inside. Yeah. She's not out yet. She's just going to hibernate for four years. She, We're going to give yeah. birth to a toddler. She doesn't have to make the decision. She's going to be a go kindergartner. Back. She's going to be like, she's going to be reading a book on her way <laughs> oh, out. Fuck. Oh, like, we'll get into that. Mice and men. Uh, then I like, I do see, and then this gets you thinking you're going to get a different movie than you actually get, where. They go to the baby room where all the babies are talking. And can we play that clip? Because I think that's really funny. I just don't get it, and I don't like it. Where did I go wrong? Where are my thumbs? Where the it's hell are so my funny. thumbs? She has her mittens on. Where are my thumbs? Boy, I got to think about getting my own place. Oof. I did not think I'd be reincarnated. And Gandhi? Yeah. Oof. What a surprise. Who stole my sucking thing? Just to remember, I hate childhood. Uh, can I mention that I, I love I love that Gandhi's that that 
a big hook for whoever was doing the Gandhi impression was the woof woof. woof. Like that's what got them into it. I, I kind of feel like woof because like sometimes to um to get into accents, I have to like say yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're from. Yeah. So like Ireland. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that helps me get into it. Park the car in the Harvard Yard. Yeah, in Boston. Um, so I just sort of feel like it's sort of funny that, like, that's what it was. Yeah. Like, oof, 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 oof. Now we can do Indian. Oof. Oh, my God. So then uh, we're going to skip ahead a little bit because not a lot happens in this. Um, Wait, I also just oh, yeah. wanted to note this is, um, again, not super important. But, like, when she goes out of the toy store or the clothing store after seeing um, the her boyfriend kissing another girl, um, there's a Starbucks there. And this movie was in 1989. And I, like, honestly, and this shows how selfish I am, I thought Starbucks came into existence when I started drinking coffee. Like, I never noticed that <laughs> I never, before. I didn't know it was a thing before. No. Like, it was 97 or something. Right, exactly. And this movie was made it in 89. It blows my mind. There's a Starbucks like, right there on the corner. It's like if you saw someone carrying a, an iPhone or something. No, not the same at all. Mm. Then they'd be a time traveler. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> now that I just shit that one out, um, the Baby Talk clip is really fun, too, where... Um, they get together and uh, oh no no I'm sorry this is a different player this is something I always think of whenever after seeing this movie whenever people are like which actually studies have shown that if you talk gibberish to kids often it's bad yeah. because then they don't learn <laughs> they don't understand they don't learn they're actually smarter than we think so it's just funny to me his reaction can we play the baby talk clip six number six. Oh yeah, she's gone. <laughs> I hundred percent think that that's a baby's thing. Like, yeah, I'm laughing at you because you're fucking well, nuts. You're a goddamn lunatic. You are a lunatic. Yeah, everyone else is speaking intelligent. And then you're. I think it's more of a grandpa grandma thing, or it used to be yeah. more stereotypical when in the '80s specifically when I was growing up. I remember like older relatives doing that i think it's just like people like take input and think that that is also what that entity will receive like um like Like if a baby's just make sounds and so like you just kind of mimic them yeah you just kind of want to make sounds back yeah or like sometimes like when you're speaking to someone with an accent you sort of adopt that accent a little bit that happens to me around british people all the time and i'm always embarrassed i'm like i'm not i'm not oh shit i'm not like trying to mimic you it just it just sort of happens every (laughs) once in a while ireland 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 so uh So then we, we get a lot of back and forth where she goes out on these shitty dates and the one guy talks about his colon and getting yeah. a gallstone passed or a kidney stone passed for like, which by the way, on a first date, uh, in case you didn't know, that kind of stuff's kind of off limits. Yeah, Don't talk about your gallstones and, i wouldn't although if it just happened like i can understand it like yeah, that it's was a traumatic that was maybe, just, then maybe just don't go dating yeah. for a little bit until you some time recovered off. from the trauma take some time uh, off. get back on tinder and mikey and john travolta are, are bonding more aka bruce willis and john travolta and uh which is crazy because they're so adversarial in pulp fiction but uh, <laughs> who thought oh interesting this is the sequel to pulp, or the sequel to this is pulp fiction where mikey grows up and gets back at travolta um so but then they go and they meet up with this girl who's just unnecessarily cleavage showing uh yeah. it reminds me of the scene in christmas vacation with clark griswold yeah yeah but less funny um can we play the jumbos clip number seven wait a minute these things come in different sizes what are these jumbos look at you staring at that you must be thinking the same thing i am <laughs> lunch so i went to the grocery store oh, God. um when i was I probably like 19 it was like my first solo trip to the yeah, grocery yeah. store yeah um and i went and like i had always just eaten eggs 
like just scrambled eggs. Yeah, like, yeah, you always yeah. just had yeah. eggs in Makes the fridge. Um, so I went, I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy eggs because uh, that's healthy. I want to make some breakfast for myself. I went to the egg section, and there were all different kinds of eggs. And I looked, and I was like, wait a minute. These things come in different sizes? Fuck. What are these, jumbos? Yeah. Look at you staring at that. You must be thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> Lunch. Yeah, what else would you be thinking? Yeah, I know. This eggs. is like weird you know? dude behind me. Super creepy. I know, I know like, that I know that guy. He was wearing a trench coat, and he had a thin mustache. Yeah. He was like, hey, I... Are you looking at those things? I know what you, you must be thinking the same thing. Well, how am I going to get that in my mouth? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good you're, one, Zach. I mean, you're going to cook it. I you're going to cook it first. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, there's, it, and the kid grows up, Mikey grows up fast. Super fast. So he's like a year old, and you're telling me a year goes by with Travolta babysitting him, and they have yet to kiss or realize they're in love or anything or have any real character development scenes. Yeah. They focus, we talked about this before the show and maybe a little bit already, I, it's a blur, but uh, <laughs> I feel like they spend most of the movie establishing what she doesn't want yeah. instead of what she should want in Travolta, which is a cornerstone in romantic comedies. You have to build up the relationship of the two people and I clocked it at an hour in, they finally kiss and then they immediately break up after. Right. And so they rush an entire movie's worth of development into the last 30 minutes. Right. And that's where this movie's biggest fault lies. And it wasn't like her objection to him wasn't real clear. It was like you... It was basically like, I'm not going to... She says it. She's like, I'm not going to fall for somebody again who's handsome just because I love them. And and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get somebody better. And it's like, what? What? But if you love them... Isn't that better? I don't understand. Like, he loves your kid. Yeah, like, he's like he's clearly the right choice. It's such a he's weird, so lovable and like, and he gets he's a perf and Mikey the baby's like I'm gonna ask him to be my daddy. That'll be fun, you know. Yeah. And so it's just all like, signs are pointing to everyone's go. Everyone's on board. Everyone's on board. I did want to mention John Travolta. It was nice. You, I think you mentioned it in the um, plot in under three minutes, but it was nice to see him. Oh, yeah, I stole that from you. Be charming. That's okay. It was nice to see him be charming, young John Travolta again. You forget Um, how friggin' charming he was. How great he is. Um, Especially, like, I know you said you hadn't seen it, but People vs. O.J. Simpson, like, he's a cartoon. Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable to watch. And it's like, what what are you doing right now? Like, it's, it's so amateur and just, like... I don't know where this came from. And then to watch He's where become he a cartoon. was, yeah. where he was at this point in his career, like he was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, and this wasn't like obviously a juicy role or anything like no. that, but he was just like, like carefree and like yeah. relaxed and just like, a person he's fun and he's alive in this and and the dance montage with him and mikey yeah it's like some of those look like the dance moves he used with uma thurman in fall yeah. fiction not to just keep referencing Pulp fiction but he's doing like the he's doing like this thing and like it's totally his dance you, you know it's they, his go-to moves they want it's like the shake weight dance but yeah. uh what what they almost named pulp fiction was you still talking <laughs> you still talking you still talking you still talking i like yeah. that i like yeah, yeah. that it almost now happened. let's move on to the baby joke clip where uh the three babies are together, and again, if this movie focused more on showing everything from the baby's perspective, it should have just been about the baby. We should have been very... baby should have been born in the first two minutes, and then boom, the whole rest of the movie is from their POV. Would be baby trying to get John Travolta and Kirstie Alley together, like Parent Trap, exactly. But but baby, Parent Trap meets Garfield, where instead of Garfield, you have a baby. Yep, because John can't understand Garfield. Odie can't understand Garfield. Good point. John Travolta doesn't need to... Yeah, that's what it should have been. We're going we're gonna to remake Look Who's Talking the right way. The right way. I'm writing the script tonight. That's all it'll take is one night. Can we play the baby joke? Uh, clip number eight. 
Okay, I got another one. Stop me if you heard it. How many babies does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? What's a light bulb? Ah. Nailed it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> the other, the other little bit, I don't get it. And the thing that gets even weirder about this movie is that they let the kids mouth yeah. things. But they're not saying They don't things. make sounds. So you can tell that the kids were old enough to potentially say real words. Yeah. But that they just dubbed over them like a bad Godzilla movie. Where it's like, hey, it's the dad, the park, and the ice cream chocolate. But like, and, and instead it's like, hey, here's a joke, Bruce Willis style. I don't know why ooh, I turned into Bill Cosby. That that's awful. <laughs> wow. Where that just went. That, I just... Shrunk back into myself a little bit. Um, <laughs> Where did that come from? I hate it. Oh God! Zach, how much time do we have left to keep put that up there again? We so need I know. a palate cleanser and play the baby joke again because we definitely need that. Okay, I got another one. Stop me if you heard it. How many babies does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? What's a light bulb? <laughs> I don't get it. Pretty much. We just acted it out for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, so uh, we, we... By the yeah. way, a little advice to that baby. If you don't get something, just act like you get it. Like, yeah. it'll get you far in life. Yeah. Just yeah. pretend just like just you pretend get like it. like you get it, babies. Yeah. So I want to get into um, her imagination where she goes and visits her ex and his head explodes into a ball of confetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird. Weird scene. Um, the weird... Uh, future version of her and John Travolta where like he's fat and they're all just smoking cigarettes and they got like 45 kids in the kitchen and right. it's like hey look I found this this lettuce in a dumpster in this can of soup like just because he's frugal and into like trying to uh, he has schemes he has some schemes sure her nightmare vision of him is dumpster diving and bringing it home for dinner and like adopting it, an accent yeah and adopting and becoming Danny Zuko yeah. is what happens uh, and then we get this heartwarming moment where he says goodbye to Mikey in the baby monitor, and you think, "Oh man, this is this is going to be great. They're going to get together." And then she says, "Fuck you to to uh, Albert, the d bag X," and and then they kind of have a falling out, and then they're reunited because Grandpa goes nuts and is eating too much candy and hitting the orderly. And then they settle that up because they realize there was a language bro- I, breakdown. So, I just, so much stuff happens. I have, I'm trying to speed through because I no, want to say something at the I, end I, here. I, know, I understand. I just wanted to spend a, like what time that we have left maybe talking about this nursing home <laughs> and what a fucked up nursing home this is. <laughs> because isn't it your job to deal with old people, yeah. first of all? Yeah. Second of all, like don't employ someone who can't communicate with the families. Yes. And if they have a problem and can't communicate, then at least have someone around who can be like, oh, let me translate. Like oh this. yeah yeah because if it's a major issue like get, get your blood sugar and and mm-hmm. like the problem was he ate too much candy and was yelling at an orderly and so you have to call a family and you like, have to what and you're this isn't you're like, thinking of basically expelling him from right. the nursing home yeah this what? isn't like a motel six no this is a nursing home like yeah. get your shit together old people yell at orderlies and nurses in nursing homes it's mostly what happens it's, it's, it's like the norm also, Abe Vigoda, who plays the yeah. grandfather, recently passed away. Rest in peace. But he was so funny. He, he was, was so great. funny. And 25 years ago, he played someone on his deathbed. Like, that guy. 1989. He, he must have. How old it's was crazy. he when this movie was filmed? Because he, like, he, he looked old. He was, back like, then. senile, like, going around the bed. I think he found 
some sort of cybernetic organism to keep him alive. That's incredible. But rest in Pro- peace. He probably Abe. ate a bunch of avocados. That's what it was. So then we talked about the whole thing where Mikey thinks that that Travolta has left, and just keep calling him Travolta because it's easier. And so he goes out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get in the car like like Travolta taught me, and like my daddy taught me." And like you said, the ca- the tow truck driver doesn't check the doors open Negligent. or anything. And then they're running through the through Times Square. There's a big car pile up. They're reunited. They're hugging. And also, ra- again, they probably would have gotten in trouble with the law. With yeah, that. rather than just follow the tow truck around, he like drives through alleys and over sidewalks yeah. and causes accidents and yeah. nearly kills pedestrians. Yeah, it's like why didn't you just follow that tow truck, man? Yeah, it's brutal. Like there would have been a stop. Like it's New York traffic. You probably yeah. just could have run after it. Yeah, it would have been fine. And then they kiss, and we end on this last clip. Then clip number nine. Can we play that? Where they're kissing, and this is what Mikey has to say. Clip number nine, please. Now, should I tell him I need a new diaper? Oh, no, don't ruin it. <laughs> nah, I'll wait. And then this song plays. Beep, 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 Zach, cut that shit off. All right. Okay. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to... No, no, no. Seriously. Seriously. I, I have to get serious here. Um, and, and I hope this doesn't upset any of our viewers. Um, big things happened yesterday in the election. And, and I know this is a comedy show. And I know that we talk about ridiculous movies. And so this is the last place you want politics to come in. Um, and yesterday was a rough, rough day for over 50% of our country, um, myself included. And I looked at my wife last night, and we're having a daughter, and, and I was genuinely afraid for what's going to happen bringing my daughter into this country. And I hope that my worst fears aren't realized. I, I hope that we can find love and we can find acceptance out of this, out of such a rough time. And I get, here's the thing, before any Trump supporters that are watching this, before you tune out and ignore me, I get Partly where you were coming from. I grew up in Ohio. I saw the rubber industries. I saw steel industries. I saw industries leave. I saw the death of the American dream. My dad was unemployed and laid off more times than I can even remember. I saw that happen firsthand. I've seen the death of the middle class firsthand, and it's depressing. And I, I understand your anger and your fear towards the government that has failed you and, and who you think has failed you. I disagree with who I think would have helped us out of this. And, um, but I get it. And, and I think that we're all in shock. And I'm in shock because I couldn't fathom this happening. But before those of us who are on the other side, who are, who are reeling right now, who are in pain, who feel helpless, please, please, whether you're for Trump or against, let's not just hide behind our Facebook posts anymore. And let's not, let's show this country that we can be more than just a hashtag. That we... <sighs> That retweeting your favorite liberal comedians like I've done isn't going to change anything. It's not going to do anything. We need to go into these next four years. We can't just... So please, if you're posting things like, see you in 2020 or I'm moving to Canada, that is not going to help anything. Now more than ever, we have to go into the next four years with vigilance by paying attention, getting out there, having our voices heard. Pay attention. If there's something, if you're on either side, if the government's doing something you don't like, let's speak out and not just to preach into the choir your friends on Facebook who are 
agree with you. Let's show that we have a voice again, and let's try and fight when we need to fight and heal wherever we can heal in this country. Because blaming each other and just making it as simple as, oh, these people are racist and hateful and these people are liberals, it's not that simple. And we need to heal. And I really, really hope that we can. And and I'm going to say a little bit more, but Jesse, I wanted to give you a second, too. And yeah. I know we have little time. Yeah, um, and I appreciate Sorry, I got, it. I got fired up. I appreciate what you said. Um, and I, I also just wanted to throw a couple of uh, my two cents out there. Um, this is... I, I acknowledge that this is coming from a position of privilege that I, I get to only be upset and I get to only be ashamed of what happened. Um, and I don't have to be afraid because um, I'm a straight white man in this country. Um, and so I'm I'm in a somewhat unique position to be upset about this but not be as affected as other people. Yeah. Um, so I would urge everyone not to tell anyone else how they should feel. Um, I would... Uh, urge everyone else to try and understand um, that people are going through things right now and they need however long they need. I would urge that um, no one resort to any more, any more violence or hatred um, because uh, hatred begets hatred. And this campaign was run on hatred. Um, and the only way that I think we're going to be able to combat that is with love. And again, yeah. um, like that's it's easy for me to say because I'm not as affected as some other people out there, but um, I just I just truly want I I don't want to see uh, destruction. I would like to see uh, congregation. I agree. Um, so that's yeah. And I want to speak to all the guilty movie pleasure fans out there. We have some of the best fans we can ask for. I love and appreciate all of you, and I want you to have a safe holiday season. I don't know if we'll be back before the end of the year since I'm having a baby, and uh, oh, I'm not my well, we are my wife. Is. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. And I just I want you to know that I say this with love, and I say this with hope for our country, and I I really want everybody to be safe, hug their loved ones. And let's go forward and hope that somehow love can come out of all of this, because I love all of you. And until next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.